Hi, everyone. This is Carrie Bellog. I am the founder and chief groupie of Brand Groupies Consulting, where we obsess about your brands. Build your brand, rock your brand, and fans will come. My name is Carrie Bellog. I am the founder and chief groupies, groupie of Brand Groupies Consulting, where we obsess over uh, brands and we talk and help uh, startup entrepreneurs and small business owners rock their brand. So whether you're in the early stages of starting a business and you're thinking about, hey, I really want to start a business, what would my brand be all about? Or if you are a few years in and you're, you're saying, you know, I really have to tighten up my branding, um, you know, and all the marketing that I'm doing, where should I be investing my money? Um, how come people aren't talking about me? What can I do to uh, have a killer brand and, um, you know, get that word of mouth going, which um, only helps, helps your business grow? So, uh, so I'm excited. Uh, Ming, Ming Chen actually was my inspiration for starting this podcast. I really obsess over entrepreneurs. I love talking to them and hearing their stories. I think um, most of all, when I meet people, I see them in person. I think, oh my gosh, they're so amazing. And then I, I look at their online presence and, you know, it, it doesn't align. And I, wanna, I want to make sure that everyone has 360 degree branding. But, um, but here we have Ming Chen, who really has... Uh, killed it in the branding and social media world, I have to say. Um, he is on the Comic Book Men show. He calls himself the Asian on the Comic Book Men show on uh, AMC. And um, it's such a pleasure to be here with you. We have so much fun. It's it's just uh, a ball. <laughs> Thank you. It's a, it's a huge honor being here. Yeah. Thank you very much. That word, entrepreneur. Yes. Never really applied to me until we opened up the studio. So that's surprising because yeah, I think you are one. But. Thank you. In my head, entrepreneur was uh, guys who went to Wall Street in suits and started up Fortune 500 companies, mm -hmm. which you know one day this may be. But uh, I've always um, I started podcasting about seven years ago, and we were as we got established, we were being we, we constantly been be bombarded with uh, questions about starting a podcast. How do I start? Is it hard? Is it expensive? It seems intimidating, and uh, I would always laugh. Me and uh, my my partner Mike Zapsik, and we were like, "Listen, if us two can do it, you can too." And we always wanted sure. to help other people start it, but we never really. Uh, we would we started our podcast in the back of uh, Jen Sound Bob's secret stash, mm -hmm. Kevin Smith's comic book store. But we always dreamed about wow. having our own space where we could teach other people how to podcast and. Yeah, lo and behold, about two months ago, we opened this place up. That's so cool. And, and seven years ago, so you guys were pioneers. What, what Were you like, were there only a handful of people, or when did it start, really? Yeah, podcasting? it started, I guess, officially, maybe there were uh, a bunch of early geeks, maybe in 2005 to mm -hmm. 2006. In 2007, Kevin Smith discovered that he could talk as long as he wanted to and kind of have his own radio station and put his God-given talent of talking at length Mm -hmm. and and spreading it out to the world channel that into the podcast format so uh he started very early Kev uh, and kevin's all all of our inspirations he's always been right from the start he's always been one step ahead of everybody else wow and he started the smodcast podcast network in 2009 at the time it was only one show it was him and his producer scott Mosier, talking okay. once a week and putting out a pod a very popular podcast that expanded to a whole network. I think we have probably about 10 or 15, maybe 20 shows now. And he asked me and Mike to start a show about pop culture and the weekly comic book releases. Oh, so, that's so cool. Yeah. So how did you get hooked up with Kevin Smith? I mean, he's such a name. You're, you know, you say, oh, we're from New Jersey. Oh, my gosh, Kevin Smith. Kevin, Kevin's a nut. He, uh, uh, he kind of kicked off the independent film movement in 1994, made his first mm -hmm. movie around here, a little black and white, dirty mouth movie called Clerks, shot oh, yeah. in Leonardo, New Jersey. Cult following. Yeah, which <laughs> blew up. But he had the courage to get... Uh, he made that movie on 10 credit cards. He took out 10 credit cards. Wow. Would have gone into financial ruin had this not worked out. And um, yeah, shot in grainy black and white, which was pretty unconventional. No one... The, uh, color film existed. He just couldn't afford it. Oh, that's... And parlayed that cool. into a getting into the Sundance Film Festival, got picked up. And he became Kevin Smith. Uh, I had seen this movie a year later when it came out on VHS. And 
I, originally I wasn't going to watch it. I had the same reservations, black and white. Shot in New Jersey. Like, yeah. I don't know any movies that come out of New Jersey. I know, right? So I was that kid. Uh, you know, this isn't Star Wars. There's no, are there any Jedis in this? <laughs> do, do, does anyone get shot? I, I, you yeah. know, and I, I was like, all right, this could be funny, though. And I think the only reason I actually watched it was my girlfriend, now wife at the time, was from Middletown, New Jersey, the next town over. Okay. And I thought it'd be kind of funny if I told her I watched a, a comedy from New Jersey to see if she got any of the references. And I was working. A, oh, because you're from Michigan, right? I'm from. So I was. Uh, ah, yeah, I was going so to. That's the, right. You're going to the University of Michigan at yep. the time. So I was working so you're dating at this a Jersey girl. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That was that's that impressor. Uh, <laughs> I highly recommend it. Uh, any of you young men and maybe some of you young ladies out there, I highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yes. Uh, I was working at a dumpy little video store at the time where we got one copy of each movie, and when it came in, instead of checking it into the system so we could actually make money renting it out, I took it home. I watched it, and I immediately fell in love with it. The dialogue was unlike anything I'd heard in the movie before. The characters were unlike any characters I'd seen before. These uh, Jay and Silent Bob characters Fantastic. were insane. And I really latched on to that movie um, quickly. Uh, be- beyond all the crude language and the wacky characters, the big message in the movie is... Um, uh, a lot of guys are stuck in dead end jobs and they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Go find that thing that you love and get, get, uh, get, just do something. Yeah, do something. And I fell in love with all of that, and I needed a way to channel that fan. I was just this big fan, and nobody had seen the movie where I was from. Nobody wanted to see the movie where I was from. It was in black and white. So I was stuck in this. Uh, you know, I love this movie. I want to tell everybody about it. No one's listening to me. So I channeled all that fandom into creating a fan website. So oh, cool. I was learning how to code websites. This is 1994, 95. Nobody was doing this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> there were a handful yeah. of people who had websites. And so uh, I put those two together. I created a Clerks fan website. I put it out there. And uh, I was able to meet other fans in the movie. And through email, there was no Twitter. If you couldn't friend another person who yeah. liked the movie. Oh. We'd just email each other. And um, lo and behold, uh, one of those emails was from Kevin. He had seen the movie. He he said uh, I I he had someone who worked with them say, "Hey, um, Kevin saw what you did. He really liked it. Call this number. Okay. He wants to talk to you tomorrow." Yeah, when we called people back in the day. Yes, <laughs> yeah. He was like, "Call. He wants to talk to you." I was like, "Oh, okay." I he said I think in the email it it alluded that he liked it, but I wasn't mm-hmm. sure. I thought maybe the call could have been from him to be like, "Hey, take this down." Yes. Were you um, in college at the time? Or I was you, in college, You were yeah. still in college. I was still in college. How cool is that? Instead of going to class, I was working on this website. Oh, wow. <laughs> so uh, I, I called him the next day. I talked to him. He was like, hey, I really like what you did. Um, that was really forward-thinking of you. Uh, I was at an internet cafe in Red Bank, New Jersey, where Jane and Bob's secret stash is right now. Uh, I saw what you did. I was blown away. Uh, I'm going into production. I'm going to be making more of these movies. Uh, he had just finished Mallrats, which... Didn't do as well as he had hoped. He was going into making a movie called Chasing Amy, which ultimately kind of redeemed him, Mm -hmm. kind of put him back on the map. But he said, uh, I have that. I have a movie called Dogma. Uh, I want to continue all of this. I want a website where we chronicle all all of my future productions and my past ones. And I also want a way to communicate with my fans. I want, like, uh, I've been hearing about these AOL chat rooms. You know, like, how do I get in... How do I get onto one of those? Like, oh, I was like, oh no, you don't want any, oh. any part of that. You heard what you heard what happens. You know what goes on in those AOL chat rooms, right? Yeah. And um, so he's like, no, well, I want. How do I connect, communicate with fans out there though via the internet? No one's doing this. Um, again, no Twitter, no Facebook, no Snapchat, no Instagram, nothing like that. No smartphones. No, nothing. And, um, I was like, all right, let me look into setting up a chat room. And while I was researching chat rooms. I found that I could also put up something called a message board where people post their questions mm-hmm. and Kevin could go, come by at his leisure and answer them. And I suggested that. You were so that. ahead of your timing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It, well, it, just, it just made more sense to me because uh. you know, he was a busy man traveling, writing up at weird hours of the night. So, you know, a pat, chat room, he would have to schedule. I was like, hey, I'll be in it from 7 to 8. Come it seemed so limiting to me. Mm-hmm. The message board, it was pretty much 24-7. So he, uh, I showed him an example. He's like, yeah, let's do this. Let's put that up. 
Uh, I put it up. Fans started coming, and yeah, what I thought was cool, Kevin, he, Kevin himself, come in and and answer the question, no matter how deep or how inane. Or, yep. He would come by and answer them, and some of them he would stick around for hours, just uh. answering people's questions. And you know, the the main question was like, "Is this really Kevin Smith?" And he'd be like, "Yeah, f yeah." You know, yeah. It, it was when like the, like people like that weren't around, like they weren't in the um, media. They had PR people. Yeah. They had those people oh. at the front. So he was so far. I mean. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it was actually him. That's a great point. There was no, I don't. I'm sure he had a PR person somewhere at the time, but he wanted to do it himself. He's like, I have a laptop. Yeah, I I have my own voice. I don't want it to be filtered through somebody else. And if mm-hmm. I had somebody else do it, there would be you know a time gap. Mm-hmm. I can go. On, I can do this. Yep. Yeah, and uh, the message board became pretty popular. It was very crude at the time. It was all text based, and no, barely any graphics. And it was just it was it was mainly mainly text question answer question answer, mm-hmm. and um, as early and as crude as that was back then, uh, it looked just exactly as Reddit does now. Mm-hmm. So, so we were like twenty years I ahead mean, of Reddit incredible. and that phenomenon. That and, is incredible. Yeah, and Kevin used the the this message board to market himself. When he had a movie coming out, he would use it to announce that when he's in production he would update people on what was going on that day mm-hmm. uh as far as he could the movie companies were like well you can't you can't see everything uh, yeah at that time it was almost taboo for <clears throat> people you know in that level yeah to um get out there and say things and i feel like it was always through a um you know checks and balances sure. but to be right out there it's like twitter today and yeah and um yeah and i think back then there whether the movie companies created it or not, they tr- there was this wall between uh, movies and the fans and actors and directors and the fans. They kind of – it was like this imaginary wall to maybe either build up their mystique mm-hmm. or just, you know, just to maintain that little bit of inaccessibility, which I, which I, or I always hated. Back then, yeah, there, there was no way to communicate with your favorite artist. Um, you would have to maybe – Camp out at their favorite convenience store to get a word. You could write letters, but you know who? No one. But wrote, to, no for write. them to yeah have access directly yeah. and to get in front of them. Yeah. So he figured it out. Unheard he, of. He definitely pioneered that that uh, that fan interaction. So we use this message board. We had we had uh, what's now called a meetup. We didn't have a word for it back then. Uh, Kevin would throw all day film festivals at the local little um, movie theater in Red Bank, mm-hmm. um, at the little independent theater. We would show all of his movies. He would fly some of the actors out. We would do Q and A's after after each thing. It was really, it was pretty How special. Exciting at the I time. Thought. Yeah, yeah. All uh, all day. Sometimes we took up all weekend, and you know we'd have maybe three four hundred fans come out, and it was uh, yeah, it was like a little mini film fest, little mini convention, and um, and I I got to be there later. I ran them. And um, I became friends with all the people who came out. You know, these were rabid fans who would oh my travel. Gosh. Some came from Australia and the UK. Unbelievable. And, and Latin America to come out. And, you know, Kevin would sit there, took photos with everybody, signed autographs, uh, whatever. Um, really elevated the bar, the fandom bar, I thought. And oh, yeah. yeah. And, and they're and spreading, they're the ones spreading the words. They're the, your ambassadors. Yeah. So, so I learned a lot from Kevin. Um, you know, I I always thought I'd be behind the scenes mm-hmm. for the rest of my life, which was fine with me. I was I was having fun. You know, I had that level of responsibility where uh, I I had to help kind of uh, you know maintain this Oversee web presence. All of the yeah, and then you know operations. later on run some of these events, and then but I got to interact with all the people, which was my favorite part. Yeah, uh, because I started so, as a fan. Of, oh, cool. so you went through this whole process beca- uh, from a fan to then working behind the scenes, and then to being in front of the camera. So how was that transition <laughs> when you went from that? That was where I always you know, thought I would I would have been fine sitting behind a, a, a computer the rest of my I, life. I didn't know all of this back. You know your tech background and how tech savvy. <laughs> You, uh, yeah, I know you're tech savvy, I, but yeah, I, I didn't know. My, luckily, my, my, my dad, uh, back in 90, 1984, appointed a bunch of, took a risk, pointed a bunch of money into buying the one of the first Mac computer, and oh. I, I fell in love. Very cool. So I, uh, I've been, you know, I've, I've been an Apple kid all my life, and I've loved, I've always liked technology mm-hmm. and computers and all of that. So, um, and if that's what I have to do, if that, I'd be perfectly content doing that for the rest of my life. Uh, I would have. Um, but working with Kevin, uh, weird things. 
So he just came out. Was it just the opportunity? <laughs> like the, the show came up and he just said, Ming, you're the guy for this? Or you just... Yeah, well, just I, I was at... Uh, he opened up the comic book store um, not too long after Clerks came out uh, in Red Bank. And, you know, when the store kind of blew up, I would come in and hang out. And I, then I would come in and start working there. Uh, I would ring people up. Um, I tried to get some comic knowledge from Walt. I'd be bugging him and Mike who worked mm-hmm. there time all of a sudden i was down there like pretty much all the time uh at the time we we had all started podcasting on his network um uh walt flanagan and brian johnson from comic book men they have a podcast called tell him steve dave uh they started that one er- very early on back in 2009 uh me and mike started one called i sell comics later on so we we were we were into this new medium where we were all of a sudden podcasting i grew up a very shy kid I never thought I'd be talking to talking. a microphone. I always thought <laughs> I'd be the guy. Show. <laughs> yeah, I always thought I'd be the guy behind the the uh, you know a, a mixing board and mm-hmm. hitting record and stuff like that. I uh, never thought I had my own podcast. But uh, working with Kevin, you get thrown into things. You get thrown into things constantly. So it started out with podcasting. Okay, and then later on, uh, when that that zombie TV show hit, The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walking Dead is based on a comic book, and. When the first season hit, uh, AMC thought, oh, wow, um, these must be all comic book fans watching the show, giving us these great numbers. Uh, we want to keep these fans between seasons. It's a pretty long gap between seasons, about six to eight months. Why don't we do another comic book-based show to keep that audience so they'll come back for season two, season three, um, as long as this goes? Um, why don't we come up with something comic book-based? And uh, whatever the suits up top were like, yeah, that's a good idea. What do you got? And AMC was kind of like, well, we don't know. We'll just, we just, we just know we want something comic book based. Mm-hmm. What, um, you know what? We'll talk to Kevin Smith. He's kind of king geek, king yes. comic book nerd. He's written, he's read, he's pretty well known uh, uh, all over on the internet and elsewhere that he's a big comic book fan. Let's talk to him. What would he? What would he do? So they called up Kevin, and they're like, hey man, uh, we have this. We, we want to do a show about comic books. Uh, air between seasons of The Walking Dead. We don't we don't really know what though. What would you do? And he's like, Hey, I, I don't. This might sound crazy, but uh, you know that show Pawn Stars, where people bring in relics and artifacts and stuff they find in their grandmother's attic. Uh, they take it to the Gold and Silver Pawn Shop in Las Vegas, and um, you know those guys. Why don't we just rip that off? Well, we'll put it in a comic book store, and um, we'll focus on vintage toys and comics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know those those Pawn Star guys. All their stuff is way around the map. You might like the item, you might not. At least this, we know we'll get all the comic book fans. You know, I, he's like, I think they'll definitely watch this. And the network was like, well, that that's a great idea. We'll we'll definitely do that. And so they started formulating an idea. The the original idea was to go out in the U.S. somewhere and find the perfect comic book store, something that looked visually interesting, mm-hmm. something that looked uh, you know really awesome, and the other idea was to cast four guys. They would probably hold some kind of casting call, get four dudes from around the country, put them together, and this was going to be the show. And, um, and again, the network loved it. It was, like, it was great. Uh, we need to shoot a pilot. We need to shoot something for the network to look at to see if this will work and to see if they want, want to actually uh, put this, make this into a real TV show. Um, so we have to shoot a pilot. Um, there's not a lot of money for this. You're gonna get. I think the budget was like five or ten thousand. Not a lot of money. And okay. Kevin was like, "That that doesn't sound like a lot. Um, where does my where does most of the money go to?" And they're like, "Well, it's probably gonna go go to a location fee. We're gonna have to rent a comic book store somewhere and shoot for like three days." And Kevin was like, "Wait a minute, I got a comic book store. Yeah. Why don't we just shoot there? I'll there give it go. to you for free." And they were like, "Idiot! Why didn't you why didn't you tell us this?" <laughs> No, we, I mean, what year was this? Was this was 2011. Okay. Or 2010. Right. 2010. 2010, All 2011. Right. Okay. Um, so, um, so Kevin's like, hey, you, you um, take the store for free. That'll free up some money, right? They're like, yeah. I was like, well, uh, we're going to we're gonna have to pay uh, maybe some actors yep. to come in for three days. That's where the rest of the money is going to go to. And he's like, well, I got, I got four guys who hang around the store. Four guys who work around the store. <laughs> Why don't you use them? We don't have to. You don't have to pay them yeah. uh, much, if anything. I, I'm sure they'll they'll, they'll do it, and um, they're gonna be there anyways. They know all about comic books, and they're pretty personable. And that was like, well, I, we we don't know. We need to see if they have you know any personality. You know, are they gonna be cardboard boxes, 
or are they going to be at least halfway decent? We can tell them what to say for the pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can take notes, and if we have to shoot them, we have to shoot them. Uh, if we have put words in their mouth for the pilot, we can do that just to make them sound cool. Um, but we don't know about we don't know your guys. And Kevin, like, you know what? Uh, why don't you listen to their podcast? You can get an idea of their personalities and see if they'll work. And uh, you know, it's not just a little yeah. snippet like an audition tape. Uh, usual podcast about an hour and you know we had probably about 20-30 episodes out, oh, at the time so you were preparing for this even though you didn't know we it. didn't you know it we didn't know the it. stage yeah so the suits debut. went they listened to the podcast they're like wow these guys are pretty these guys they're are really fun. funny they're, they're cool they, they'll definitely work let's let's have them uh, while this was all going on uh, no one told us okay <laughs> so one day up in, I'm, uh, I'm up in New York City and I'm uh, I'm up at a screening of Kevin's um, current movie Red State. Mm-hmm. I'm showing it to a bunch of suits at some movie company, and I'm kind of babysitting the screening. And uh, all of a sudden, I get a text from Kevin. He's like, "Hey, um, I don't know where you are right now, but, and I'm going to tell you something really crazy. So, you know, I hope you're sitting down. Um, they want to shoot a reality show at the comic book store. I'm like, oh wow, that, that I would watch that. Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. He's like, no, no, no you don't understand that. No. Like, they want you on it. They want you to be a part of it. And I'm like. Oh my what, gosh! What you? What strain of weed are you smoking oh right now? Because I my want some. Gosh. So uh, he, he started smoking a lot of weed at the point. So I thought he was just kind of <laughs> tripping out or something. He's like, no, no, no. This is this is real. Uh, AMC wants to do a, um, a reality show at the comic book store. Uh, they're going to come in, in in a month and shoot a pilot. They want you on it. And I'm like, why? Why oh do you want me gosh. on it? I'm not an actor. I uh, I can't say lines. I had never been to acting school. I like the last thing I did was maybe a a, a church play. <laughs> when I was fourteen, oh I don't. My gosh. I don't act. This isn't. This is horrible. Yeah. This is no. You, you, I. Oh, but I never say no to Kevin. So I'm like, all right, this is gonna be cool. And I, I was like, all right, I, I always say yes. To, I have the word no is not in my vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, well, who else is gonna be on it? It was like, it's gonna be you guys, Brian, Walt, Mike. You, you. had your chemistry down, you guys. I mean, yeah. And I'm like, all right, down. I know I'll say no. I know Mike would probably say yes. I said yes. Brian wasn't doing anything. He had no job, and he likes to crack jokes. He would say yes. Uh, Walt was definitely going to say no. He hates any attention, mm-hmm. any cameras. He just wants to sit behind the, the counter and run the store. That's all he wants to do and go home, yep. be with his family, and wash, rinse, repeat. But Walt is also kind of in the same boat as I am. Uh, we both work for Kevin. We can't really say no to him. So uh, eventually, uh, you know, I told the other guys, we are all very doubtful about this, right? We're, we're not we just we're not actors we we did the occasional cameo in kevin's movie in mm-hmm. the background or something and that was it that was the that was the extent of anything we that were ever going to do on a big or small screen did you say yes right away or did you say i have to think about no, it no i said yes or right just, away you yeah. just were like boom i'm doing it yeah especially to him i never i never say no to mm-hmm. him and um you know later on uh i'll tell you some of the crazier <laughs> okay. Pretty crazy stuff that I that I should have said no to, uh, and I didn't. And um, so, lo and behold, a month later, they brought a small crew down, and we shot this. We shot this pilot. Um, I think they cut it into about fifteen minutes, and we thought that was going to be the end of it. It was fun, but yeah, and you- um, yeah, the we we kind of got the. Uh, the basis for the whole show, um, you know, other than the whole Pawn Stars where uh, people bring in stuff. And it's like, hey, we'll buy that. Or, you know, or uh, they want people to come in. And it's like, I want a million dollars for this. Like, well, it's worth a hundred. It's in really bad shape just because it's old. Mm-hmm. It's not really worth so a million dollars. you knew dollars. a lot of this stuff. I mean, you oh, knew. Yeah. You just um, felt, I mean, you've been doing it for so so many years. Yeah. But uh, Yeah, and we were able to that's... inject our passion yep. for all the characters and the storylines and, and pop culture. I mean, we're, we were all students of pop culture even though we didn't know it we just we knew about it you just lived it it was your lifestyle like we you loved were it. in it yeah yep. so it didn't even seem like a job probably it was just yeah. fun hanging out yeah exactly but um so we got the gist uh, you know that was going to be a, that and then maybe inject some of our own humor in there you know people are going to kind of learn about us um we kind of saw that uh what uh what makes these kind of shows work is uh, you know you see the items and stuff but i think uh, people watching really latch onto the characters on the show. Um, on Pawn Stars, I guess, for whatever reason, people like that guy Chumley or Big, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever those, uh, whatever those guys' names are. Um, but we we were like, we're we're a bunch of idiots. No one's gonna latch onto us like that. Um, 
But, but the, you're approachable. Like people, like when, you know, you see you on the street, like, oh my gosh, it's Ming. Sure. Like it's, but we, you know, we, we thought we were so just vanilla. You know, mm. we're, there's nothing, you know, at least, uh, you know, like Chumley on Ponsor, he's kind of a screw up and people can relate to that. Um, uh, Rick, the, the main guy, you know, he's yes. kind of a tough guy. Yes. And uh, he's a big, he's a good negotiator. He's a good businessman. Mm-hmm. People can relate to that. We didn't feel like we had any of these qualities. So, and um, part of the, part, uh, the other element of the show was going to be us sitting around the comic book store arguing about, having the dumbest arguments about Princess Leia and Marty <laughs> McFly and Game of Thrones and stuff like that. These were conversations that we would have anyway. We just have anyway. Yeah, and people because, loved it. Yeah, and because we didn't have anything better to do, and because we love talking about this stuff, and we love asking each other such inane questions uh, because they're entertaining to us. Mm-hmm. But I was like, no one's going to watch this. Who's going to? Who's going to want to? Who's going to care? Who's going to care about this? And um, lo and, and behold, uh, uh, the network saw the pilot. They're like, great. We're, we're, this is funny. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> so great. We're going to order six episodes. And okay. again, Kevin texts me. He's like, "Are you sitting down? <laughs> They're going to do the show." I'm like, what, what you, "I'm like, what are you talking about?" He's like, "You know that pilot we shot last summer? Yeah, you're going to be on TV. Yeah, they're coming down this fall, and they're going to shoot six episodes." I'm like, "Great! All right, this is going to be interesting." Um, so we uh, wow. we did that. Uh, we shot in the fall of 2011. Okay. Shot six episodes, and um, it went pretty well. Um, they hired a production company, and we came in. And since it was so new, we didn't really know. No one really know, knew what they were doing. It was so new that it was kind of like learn as you go along. So, um, just threw yourselves into it. Yeah, but what it boiled down to was people bringing stuff in or people selling something. Mm-hmm. And in between that, we would have the inane conversations about the force. Yeah, and um, things like that. Um, and then to bookend all that, uh, since Kevin doesn't live here, he would. Uh, they would be intercut with a scene taking place on a podcast set. Okay. Which was Kevin's idea, since we were all in the podcast world at this point. And he would come in and he'd be like, all right, guys, tell me what came in this week. I wasn't here. Tell me all about it. And we would tell him, we would relate to him what happened what that happened. week. What happened. Yeah. Oh, and and we, uh, it, was, it was fun. But again, we were like, this, there's no way this is going to go past one season. Um, and here we are, right? Uh, seven, season seven. Season seven. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, that is, that is huge. And it's so impressive. Um, I didn't know the whole story about, you know, your relationship with Kevin and how it dates way back. I mean, that's that's incredible in itself. Yeah. Um, and and I'm, I'm curious because you have, like, the Ming Chen brand now. Like, I'm looking at the doll <laughs> on the wall. What uh, the doll, yeah, the pop? The, yeah, I, I got my own Funko Pop figure Funko Pop this figure. summer, a legit. I mean, look at you we, next to Kevin Smith and Walt and Brian and yeah. Michael. Yeah, um, and then, you know, in the stores, and you know, I'm next to Darth Vader. I mean, and, and <laughs> that is so cool. Like, yeah. your kids must be um, um, like, that's my dad. Or do they get excited they, when they see you? You know, you have, you have two children. I have two children. Yes, two boys. It's and you're probably one of the coolest mothers I know, if not the coolest. Oh, you know, you you have this cool rock, uh, rock and roll persona about you. Um, you you know they your kids go to concert. You go your, your kids go to Black Sabbath concerts. You guys travel the world. Um, it's very hard to impress your ch- kids. I know. They, yeah, yeah, they don't care. They're like, oh, we're going to another concert. Again. Yeah, they they rarely think you're cool. Oh yeah. Unless you're on, unless you're part of something that they're really into. And I'm not on, you know, say Steven universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they, I don't have my own Minecraft. I'm not in the world of Minecraft or, uh, you know, I'm not a Fortnite or overwatch character. So mm-hmm. un- uh, unless, uh, that happens, it's very hard to impress your kids. So, I, I mean, I think they think the Funko is kind of cool. They may have told some of their friends, but oh, they don't, uh, it's not like you're, you're never a rock star at home. I, I, I think know, even right? the real rock stars aren't real no, rock stars. No, that's what no, I've heard. That's a good so. good point. Um, now, you have um, crazy followers. I mean, not crazy followers, <laughs> but a crazy amount. Just a couple on, on social media. So when did it break off? Like, you you know, you were part of the show. Were you required to start your own brand or did you just do no. it naturally? Like by going to these, you know, these events, these comic book, you know, what are they called? Conventions? Uh, conventions, yeah. And, um, you know, doing all those fun things and, and trips, did you just naturally start posting yourself? And did you know you were creating your own brand I, at no, the time I, or it just came naturally I to didn't. you? I think this all started with uh, Kevin's message board. You know, I would go on and maintain it, mm-hmm. but I would post a couple of times as well. But I saw that when Kevin was on there, uh, he had the power to post, hey, um, I'm doing a live show in 
Tacoma, Washington. Come see it. And people would. I was like, wow, that, that it works. works. Yeah. We would, um, and then uh, we would put little ads up on the top of the message board. Um, later on, when he started uh, online merchandising, we would put, hey, uh, you know, Kevin Smith action figure available or on sale or buy for Christmas. I kind of saw the power of using the internet to mm-hmm. market things. So early So I on. think it started wow. with that. Um, I And then when, once I heard about, I was like, Twitter, Facebook, what is this? Yeah. Uh, I got in pretty early. I think my Twitter account. I bet account, you did, yeah. That's since 2007. I think Facebook, the same thing as well. But I think the only reason I got those was uh, because I needed Kevin to be on there. Um, I was like, hey, I think this might be this is gonna be big, mm-hmm. or maybe he had signed up already, and so I could um, so I could support him technically. I had to sign up for my own account as well. So uh, just based on that, I think peop- some some of the fans on the message board and online knew my association with Kevin, so they would follow me as well. So I got a few followers okay. from that just being associated with him, mm-hmm. um, and that that was kind of cool. Very I felt. Cool. Uh, you know, I felt like a, a, a somewhat a little rock star from that. Yeah, it was like, you are. Even if I was known as a guy who worked with Kevin, mm-hmm. it was still pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So um, that was fun. But uh, once the show hit and the podcast, uh, that number exploded. So you know, yeah. I probably went from maybe two thousand to I think on Twitter I'm almost like forty thousand now wow. or something like that. So wow. and or, then when did you know like? Like, when was the first time when you realized, wow, I'm kind of like a celeb here? <laughs> like, were you recognized on the street? Um, it would happen uh, after all. the first season or aired. Or was it me? I think I recognized you. And it's like, oh, hey, me. <laughs> that, yeah, they, see, that's... You well, had that's, your Brooke t-shirt. I've heard about you. You know, I heard about you from, from my sister. Yeah. But... Uh, um, I think after the first season aired, uh, I yes. would go to uh, random comic book stores outside of New Jersey. Okay. And I would hit the occasional comic, comic book convention as a fan here and there. And there would be a couple people who watched that first season who would recognize me. And I thought I thought that was pretty cool. That is so cool. Yeah. But I thought it'd be limited to, you know, uh, like these geek events where mm-hmm. people were watching, you know, where I knew people were watching the show. And uh, later on, uh, as, as more and more seasons came about, uh, we got put on Netflix for a few years. Um, I would get approached in like grocery stores and at the mall or at the park. Or and the wherever. commercials like kept going in between the walking dead yeah it, even you if know, you didn't just like constant you know yeah thing. even if you didn't watch the tv show mm-hmm. uh at this promos. at this point the walking dead had become a phenomenon um and that original idea of our show airing between seasons they changed the idea they're like why don't we just air it afterwards so makes sense yeah and people really seem to dig that um because uh walking dead very intense people stabbing zombies in the head and people beloved characters dying um, it'd be it'd be pretty somber, and then it'd be like, hey, coming up next, watch Comic Book Man. Four goofballs making fun of stuff in the yeah. comic book store. Oh, a, uh, a lot of people recipe. are like, wow, that's a good palate cleanser. Um, we that's why we stick around to watch it, Got which it. I thought was cool. So, but Very they would run cool. commercials during The Walking Dead, saying, hey, come coming up next, Comic Book Man. And even if you didn't watch the show, you knew you kind of knew of us through the commercials. So yes, yep. And I had my um, my sister in law. Uh, from uh, where is she? From? Oh, she's living in Texas now. She said, "Oh my gosh, I saw a Rook T-shirt on AMC." <laughs> I did. <laughs> I like, yeah, oh my I God, wore. That must be Ming. I wore a Rook T-shirt. On, I know. Uh, I, cool. I, I try to wear one. Representing on, the local. On every love. season, I try to wear uh, at least in one episode. Yeah, you're I very supportive of local businesses, which I, is. I love coffee, and which I love people. Cool. Love people who do coffee well. So. Yes, yes. No, that's awesome. <laughs> well, this is such a cool story, Ming. I mean, I you know, looking at it now, it makes sense. We're you have now transitioned to opening up uh, this podcast studio yeah. called A Shared uh, Universe, yes. right? With Michael? Yes. The two of you are the Yeah, the we're the, the two co-founders and of this And when did you open this? Is this we, um, we kind of had a, we had a space about a year ago, and we were kind of testing things out. We had a couple people in, and ultimately, unfortunately, that space didn't work out. And um, But we could see that we really wanted to... We love podcasting, and... When, at least for me, when I find something that I really love, whether it be uh, an activity or a restaurant or just what, or a band or, uh, or podcasting, I want to share it with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, just like I did when I found clerks. And podcasting is kind of in that same vein. And once we started meeting all these people who either listened to our podcasts or, uh, were, or listened to Kevin's shows or, or were aware that podcasting was better than radio and that anybody could do it. They wanted their own shows. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and we felt we were the guys to do it in this area. We we work with the pioneer Kevin Smith. We've been doing this forever. Oh, it's like a no brainer. I yeah. mean, it's it's just it's just awesome. And 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 spreading the word. I see you're you know already getting uh, it out on social media and, and yeah, doing uh, a great job. Yeah. So um, we so we tell bo- us what you're doing. Are you are you looking for entrepreneurs, people to just come in, rent the studio? We're we're looking for anybody. Um, we uh, we're focused. Uh, We've owned this place. There are a lot of recording studios in the Monmouth County area, in New Jersey, everywhere, where mm-hmm. you can go cut a track, as they say. Mm-hmm. None of them specialize in podcasting, and uh, that, and except for us, this is what we want to do. We want to specialize in, in people who want to come in and record a podcast. We're uh, focused on um, both beginning, aspiring podcasters, and experienced podcasters. The beginning ones, uh, we want to teach them how to have a good flow how to record a great episode of a podcast. Uh, we want to teach them all the technical aspects and we want to get them up online. And if you come here, uh, if you have no idea what you want to do, we will tell you. Um, all we, we recommend, uh, you know, you pick something, a topic that you want to do, um, whether it be focusing on, on branding, entrepreneurship, you want to interview people, that's great. Um, you want to talk about comic books, you want to talk about pop culture, that's great. Uh, it can be as focused as, or as broad as you want. Um, the more focused ones, uh, you know, if you want to talk about Game of Thrones every week or f- throughout the year, even when they're not airing, little aspects of that. You want to have a Harry Potter podcast? Yeah, uh, you can talk about you can that. Do it. Or and- yeah, or you want to get even broader and just talk about um, all sci-fi? Mm-hmm. You can do that as well. And, and people um, can find your podcast, and you know. Um, really uh you know follow you into what their interests are and i I love too that you could do it you could do a 10 minute podcast you do an hour podcast and it there's no rules i feel like you can just yeah you want to come in at 7 a.m you can you can come in at 3 a.m you can um you want to curse the whole time you can you can yeah you can um you know if you have someone who wants to listen to that uh, or if that makes you happy Mm -hmm. come out and out and do it so um i mean we're looking really looking forward to nurturing and um starting podcast for anyone who's even thought a little bit about it uh, we will if you book a session here we'll give you a whole lesson on how to do it and then what we do uh that's the first hour the second hour we actually sit behind a mic and we podcast and by the time you leave you have a podcast online on itunes that you can share on facebook on twitter you can email it you can tell all your friends that you're you're a podcaster now. You have yeah, a podcast. like I did last week. I'm yes. a podcaster now. Yeah, <laughs> but you made it so easy. You know, I I ran into you twice. I remember we did one with Dr. Angela. We did Dr. Angela. Yeah. Which was awesome, and that was a lot of fun um, with with your VJJ hat that you were wearing. Yeah, which <laughs> is, which now it? hangs probably in the yeah, studio. Yeah, uh, right was, next to the hat that Method Man gave that me. That was so. great, and uh, <laughs> she's a local OBGYN, so she um, has an Ask Dr. Angela series. So that was my first experience. Yeah, and I thought that this is so cool. And I remember you said to me, um, "Let's do a brand groupies podcast." And it wasn't until I met I ran into you again at Whole Foods. Yes, and uh, I always run into you at Whole Foods or Rook, and uh, you said. Okay, let's do this, and I'm like, okay, Ming, let's do it. Yeah. And um, you really uh, inspired me, so thank you. And I've been telling everyone I know who every time I talk about it, everyone says, "Oh, I always wanted to do that." Yeah. I said, "You can do it." So what do they do? They go to your website. How yeah, do they our website something? is asharedUniverse.com, mm-hmm. and we have uh, all the information on there. Uh, there's online booking. Uh, pricing is very reasonable, um, and um, in my opinion, yes. And anybody come can. in. Book a session. Uh, I'll be I'll be here to guide you along the way, and uh, really all you need to bring is uh, yourself. Bring bring your voice. Uh, bring something you want to talk about, some kind of subject. Uh, we recommend you bring a friend. You don't have to, but uh, I find I would never. There's some guys who do their own podcast where they talk by themselves for an hour. I not really my thing. Uh, I usually have a friend. Uh, ideally, I like to have two friends. Yes, so to can. bounce all ideas off of mm-hmm. and. Talk. And all you do is talk. Uh, if you want to do ten minutes, go do ten minutes. You want to do an hour, you can. You want to do four hours, yeah. You can if you you know if you think uh, you can talk at uh, at great length like that. You yep. you absolutely can. And That's I great. think by the end of that that session, you'd be like, wow, that was fun. That was easy. And, and it, it seems so overwhelming, but you make it so easy for people. <laughs> it's such a cool, um, you know, service and, and business that you've started. And we're here in Eatontown, uh, right on Broad Street. Yeah. So it's centrally located um, for anyone in, in Monmouth County. And you're open seven uh, days we're, a week. We're 24-7. <laughs> I, I love lir- it. I live 
five minutes from here. So like literally, I'm I'm waiting for that person. I was like, hey, I want to come at four in the morning. I love it. Done. Yeah. And um, I was bring the coffee. I was inspired by a recording studio in Hollywood called uh, Nightbird Nightbird Recording mm-hmm. Studios. Um, it is a recording studio located under the Sunset Marquee Hotel, which is notorious for being a rock and roll hotel. Oh yeah. Um, the number of people who have been through that hotel, the the, the Stones, um, you know, Black mm-hmm. Sabbath, uh, I, I, you know, Zeppelin, um, you know, just the number of people. Uh, H- I, Hendrix stayed there. Um, they, uh, you know, a number of people have been there. there there's, there's an energy. There's definitely an aura, a rock and roll aura there. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, this guy who used to be there, uh, they had an empty space in the basement. So why don't we put a recording studio in there? Uh, if these rock stars here get hit with inspiration at three in the morning, they can call us. We'll get an engineer down there. We'll record some tracks down there. And it's been done. Uh, Ar- Aerosmith has oh. recorded at 3 a.m. there. Oh, yeah. Steven Tyler, more or less, uh, I believe he stores his motorcycles there now. Oh, does he? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I That's stayed true. there based on the rock and roll pedigree. I kind of wanted to feel like a rock star for a yeah. weekend. And I found out about this recording studio. And I thought, I was like, wow, it'd be cool to record there. Like the number of people who've been there. Just to be Ugh. behind a microphone that, you know, like maybe the Sting energy. or mm-hmm. something singing would have been cool. But it's like, I don't play an instrument. I don't play the guitar. I don't, well, I could never record anything there. Two years later, I came back. And I was like, I, I podcast now. I could, can I podcast here? And I, I emailed, emailed them. I was like, listen, this is going to be way underutilized, the studio, but is there any chance I could get like three microphones? I want to podcast there for an hour. Um, I don't care what it costs. I know it's not going to be cheap, mm-hmm. um, but can we do this? Like, yeah, yeah, totally. Come on down. Was like, they're like, you don't need any mixing or anything. Uh, you don't, do you, do you need any, you know, do we, um, do, do you need someone to tune guitars or anything? I'm like, no, just going to be talking. Yeah. Like, all right, well, this is what it's going to run. We have these dates available. And I was like, wow, this is just to do it, just to do it. I was like, all right, I gave That's my credit card awesome. number. I came in, I recorded a set of podcasts, and now I make it a goal to go there at least once a year and just record there and just do to do that. it. Yeah, but I was inspired. I was like, let's do great. it 24-7. Let's, uh, you know, if you want to go through there. Yeah, go some through people there. are night owls. Like, I didn't know yep. that I should, you know, I'm a night owl. I am uh, love to talk. Yeah, <laughs> and... You know, and that goes for anybody. Uh, yep. You want to come at 8 p.m., 8 a.m., mm-hmm. we will always be here for you. That's fantastic. Wow. So um, do you see – what do you see for this brand? Do you see you um, it expanding more podcast I, studios and yeah. other, you know, cities? Yeah, my, my, my dream is to uh, get – you know, we're starting out and we're starting out small, but we've been booking pretty fast and furious. I bet. I was like, I better get my uh, appointments in. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the goal is to uh, – we have this space. It's an office building in Eatontown. Uh, the short-term goal is to um, expand to the office next door. There's a vacant office mm-hmm. next door. And uh, my dream is to have two podcasts recording at the same time Love on it. totally different subjects. And, you know, I can poke my head and I'm like, you guys good? Okay. Poke my head in the other one. You guys good? Okay, good. You know, let me know when you're done. And that's the short-term dream. Long-term is definitely expansion. Mm-hmm. Going to other cities, opening, um, opening up uh, what we call other universes uh, around the country, around the world, hopefully. Uh, but I could definitely see this working in places, you know, L.A., New York. Um, but anywhere, really. Anywhere where anyone wants to talk and have a conversation. Uh, you know, Wichita. You know, mm-hmm. Wichita, T- Topeka, Bangor, Maine. There will hopefully be a, 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 a shared universe podcast studio, and um, yeah, just that is exciting. Yeah, it's it's just so cool how you have you know um, expanded your brand yeah. to different um, avenues and different passions that, and you're always staying on brand right. with you know everything that you're doing, and it all complements each other. Yeah, so I, I'm really I, I learned from, for you. I learned from the best. Uh, if you follow Kevin uh, at that Kevin Smith across mm-hmm. all social media, he posts often and. The uh, you know he does the things where he's like hey I'm gonna be here I'm gonna do this I'm shooting this, but he really gets behind the scenes in his life. You see very intimate details of his life. Uh, he shares pretty much anything, mm-hmm. and I kind of latched onto that as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, you know some if you care that's great. If you don't care, then you know skip it. Maybe the next post will be more interesting. Yes. Um, but what I learned right. from him is people live on these social media now. Facebook people on Facebook all the time. People on Instagram all the time. Mm-hmm. Post. Keep posting. Keep posting. You know, don't be too annoying. No, but... Uh, but people like to see those little insights in your yep. life. And it's great. All about exposure. Yeah, if you're not marketing online, if you don't have an Instagram account, if you don't have a Facebook fan page, get one. Um, 
people will like, people will follow, people care what you're up to. And uh, best of all, for the business owner, it's all free. It is. It's yes. Free. Yes. There's no reason I mean, why there's... you shouldn't. And it's easy. Um, mm-hmm. You don't need to lug around a laptop to document anything. You have your, you know, you, you have your smartphone. Your phone. You take pick, you know, high quality photos. So it's as easy as. Easy as ever yeah. these days. Yeah. Um, I have I have a slight advantage over uh, some people where uh, I come from a graphic design background. Oh, um, you This did. all started with yeah. the, all the web stuff I did for Kevin. Because I could tell on your post you have an eye. It's definitely, <laughs> you know, well. Thank well you. I just, I enjoy, I, I enjoy laying things out. I enjoy like creating the filters, graphics. the little tweaks that you, you do. Yeah, I enjoy it. Um, I, uh, this is something I started out for doing for friends. They wanted business cards. They wanted marketing materials. They wanted print. They wanted... Uh, web banners um, and then Kevin needed all of this stuff so oh, I worked on yeah. all that stuff for him he wanted merchandise I created merchandise for the store and then when it came time where I could promote myself uh, I guess I was ready you were ready you yeah. had all the tools yeah so um, see you were in marketing you didn't even realize it <laughs> I had <laughs> no idea and branding I had no idea and I, I yeah. absolutely love it I know, I know why you do what you do it's yeah, a lot of fun it's, it's fun right it's um it's interesting, but sometimes I have hard, I have a hard time branding myself. Um, I feel the same, and it's hard to I do you know narrow down my brand identity, but yet someone else I can immediately help them narrow down their brand. Yeah, why why is colors. that from your perspective? Ah, oh, gosh, I think I don't know. Me personally, I didn't grow up in the selfie age. I'm a little. I was a little before the selfie, yeah. age, so it's still um, a struggle to post pictures of myself, but you know, you try to do it in an authentic way sure. and not annoying and every day, but you you know, you definitely need to, to put yourself out there. Yeah. People need to recognize you and, and that's what it's about um, these days. But I think it's when you talk about yourself and your, your business, other people kind of see the wow factors um, that I might not I might not right. see. You know, I talk about branding, you know, and I was asked to do a few branding workshops coming up. And I thought, well, how, you know, I want to add value. Um, and I just assume that people know these little things about branding, but they don't. I, I just, just, you know, it, it, like had a, the strategy for Instagram. And, and I think, oh, but people know this, but they really, really aren't, you know, need to learn. They're not, that's not their expertise. And so um, I think it's just realizing, oh, wow, that's something I, I could offer. But I, I didn't know that I had to be told yeah, I felt the same way. I thought, oh, it, you know, it's common sense to, you know, if you're doing, if you're having an event, uh, make an event on Facebook and tell oh, people yeah. about it. Not people, everyone knows that. Not everybody <laughs> knows that. Yeah. 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 Uh, for me, it was hard to market and brand myself. Initially, um, uh, I, I, you know, I grew up in high school. I was in the background. Nobody cared what, what, what I did. Same thing in college. Um, so that was very far. I didn't come from this background where I had to advertise You're myself. Like, yeah, I did it for other people. Mm-hmm. And then when it came for me to do it myself, I was like, "Well, this is felt arrogant." I was like, "No, who? No one's going to care about this. Yeah, Maybe three thing. people." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but I quickly realized that yeah, people do care. Um, yeah, and you if, have a niche. You if, have. if they don't care, they'll skip right over it. Big deal. Yeah. But you really have to speak to the people who do care. And it's okay. It's like people yeah. who want to follow you will. Yeah, I remember Follow. the I the hardest know. part was uh, I had my own Facebook page and uh, I was talking to a, a marketing guy who worked with Snoop Dogg. Okay, it's like you really got to get your a Facebook a fan page up. Oh. You really, re- you really got to get that. I'm like, that's so arrogant. Like, look at me, like my fan page. Yeah, yeah. Look at me. He's like, listen, just bite, Do it. bite, bite whatever you have to bite, and put it up, and, and you'll see it. that I'm right. And lo and behold, yeah, he was he was right. So there's a yep. Chen people comic love book you, Ming. <laughs> You've such a great fan page following. So, yeah, no, and then I told Mikey he needed one. He's like, I don't want to do this. Like, you know what? I'll do it for you. Yes. So I created so one for him. Yes. And, yeah. So then yeah. he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. But that's how you're building. I mean, the whole you know branding around a shared universe too is is the two of you as the founders and your your story. Yeah. yeah. And you know we're you know we're a small business. We don't have a huge. I don't. We don't really have a marketing budget. Um, you know, I'm spending all my. I'm looking at, I'm looking at the tangible things now that we have to put out. We've done all the intangible um, online stuff, digital mm-hmm. stuff, but I think t-shirts, stickers, yes, um, things like that. Yeah, expensive. Yeah. So oh yeah. I would rather and- funnel all my money into these tangible objects that I can hand out as marketing materials mm-hmm. and take advantage of. And 
things that are out there that are not that you don't have to pay or put down payments on or put deposits on exactly and you, and yeah. you can do it immediately so um for anybody totally. who wants <laughs> wants stickers and t-shirts they're coming i want a t-shirt <laughs> they're coming for sure yeah but we're taking care of what we can do on a lower budget for now so yeah, yeah i mean no, you're doing it's really really smart yeah we're uh yeah we're really starting yeah it's, it's a very low budget operation right now and you know hopefully that'll expand but we're we're really stretching dollars but it's all right about now. perception you know it's like online it's just it seems like you guys have been around that's why i asked ah, you I, okay. i'm telling I just, you I, I you just, have the branding down <laughs> that's just, when i see a business that you know i look at it and, and i think oh are they are they a franchise yes. because they they have their branding so tight and um, they know their brand identity. Um, I felt that way when I saw you. Thank you. Well, posting. I just destroyed all of that by admitting that one. <laughs> no. but, but I think when you come in here, though, you uh, you're, you're, you'll definitely be blown away. I mean, all the autographs, the, the comics, the Star Yeah, the, the environment we cultivate here is uh, definitely a geek environment. We have Star Wars posters here. We love Karate Kid. Um, if you come yeah. in here on an off day, we'll probably be watching Game of Thrones at, at maximum volume. <laughs> and that's just who we are. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of podcasters are the mm-hmm. same way. They're really into uh, this kind of geek culture. Yeah. Um, it will maybe not fuel their podcast, but it'll be somewhere in the background There's um, that they're geeks. And it may come up in their podcast conversations. But, yeah, this is really what we are. We're, we're all about fandom I and geekdom. And, and why we don't specifically cater to the geek, um, we... I think we cultivate that. I think there'd be a lot of people, a lot of fan, a lot of fanboys and fangirls starting podcasts about fanboys and fangirls yeah. in here. Um, but if you're, cool. you know, also though, if you're, you know, if you're a, beer, a business, you want to talk about uh, statistics and numbers and whatever it is you're an expert at, you can do that here. Uh, we just want you to feel comfortable. And you make it very comfortable because yeah. you you definitely uh, yeah. And we we want to do something different. Um, you you go to a recording studio. It's very sterile. There's Sound tiles everywhere. It's intimidating. It's it is intimidating. Like this is warm. You come in and you feel like oh, I've been a podcaster forever. Yeah, <laughs> you really make it. Yeah, for sure. Comfortable and, and, and inviting. Yeah. Um, uh, so again, that you. was uh, inspired by Nightbird Studios in L.A. They had uh, it was a dark wood paneled uh, control room mm. and uh, nice plus plush couches. Looked like somewhere where uh, a rock star would go to take refuge. Sure. And that was kind of that was also an inspiration. Nice. Oh, I love it. Um, very cool. So um, I'm going to tell everyone I know about this, and I have been talking about you. I appreciate so that. So I really am excited for you, and congratulations yeah. again, a shared universe. Yeah. Oh, and, and just real quick, uh, vice versa. You come in here and podcast. We help you get that out there. We post it online. We we help market as well. It's yeah, not. We don't really advertise that, but if you have a, if you have a podcast, of course we're going to tell everybody about it. We're going to use our resources. Are following. And that's huge. People, I mean, pay for that. Yeah. That shared, you know, mark co- co-marketing, and um, that's an amazing support. It's part of the package here, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. I think that's that's awesome. Yeah, from one marketer to uh, another. Yeah, that we, of course, we will do that. Great. Oh, well, thank you so much, Ming, for being um, being on the the Brand Groupie's second uh, podcast and being a guest. And it was so great to learn more about your story, which is fascinating. I'm like, I'm just like, wow, wowed by you and everything that you've done in your past. And vice versa. So cool. So cool. (laughs) Vice versa, my friend. Thank you very much. Yes, always great hanging with you. uh, Brandgroupies.com is um, the website. We do um, intensive brand building sessions for uh, startup entrepreneurs and small businesses. So we cover your um, brand identity, your brand creative, brand social media, and brand marketing marketing in intensive sessions that are uh, very strategic to help you um, feel confident investing uh, money in your in your brand and uh, really clarifying uh, your brand and uh, rocking your brand. So thanks again.